Hello, welcome friends. I'm Cindy Silva, and this is the Energetic Wisdom Podcast. I'm here with my new friend, Reina Lerma, and I'm just really excited to share her wisdom with you. I've really been enjoying her classes and her newsletters, and just we have a common interest in Qigong and Eastern practices, and um, I just really love the name of your business you co-founded with um, your husband, partner. Yes husband, Mm -hmm. Um, present moment living, just adore that name. And um, I've been adoring your offers and want to um, open up the space for sharing and welcome to the to the present moment. Mm. (laughs) Thank you. And I'm really so grateful for this opportunity. And I know that the moment we connected, uh, we felt that sisterhood. Yeah, connecting to the passion and you know, I definitely claim I am no expert, but I'm, I've given my life to this practice and uh, in that very passionately seek to learn, to progress, to grow and to share. Yeah. Very excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And there's something about something in me that really resonates with what you bring and just an attraction and an affinity, like you said, a sisterhood. Um, and perhaps a, a lineage, you know, like a cosmic lineage, if you will. Um, I don't want to get too esoteric, but yet I still feel <laughs> that there's something bigger and beyond, you know, what we can identify some mysterious kind of um, intelligence that binds us to a particular interest that we carry into the world. Um, and so you have uh, been studying a lineage for quite some time. And I'd love for you to share your background, how you came to Qigong and Eastern practices and um, how it's benefited your life. And obviously so many people's lives, you have a nice following and so many, um, a wonderful community and teachers that you facilitate with. So it's really, I just feel this energy swirling around you. Um, And that these times, like all the years you've put into this, it's like now, now it's being drawn forward in a way that the collective is ready for it mm-hmm. as never before. So this is exciting and yes. I'm happy yes. to hear your perspective on it. Yes. Well, I've been practicing uh Jinen Qigong. That's the system of Qigong that um, I would say Qigong found me, you know, really. Um, it first started originally in massage school. So in my, um, last career, I was a massage therapist and in massage school, they teach you Qigong and they teach you Qigong for the longevity of your joints, because as a massage therapist, we have to learn the proper body mechanics. Yet when we go to massage school, you also get a massage every day. So at that age, I was like, okay, great. We're doing movement let's get to the table. (laughs) So I experienced Qigong, but I wasn't so drawn to it in that moment. Um, And a couple of years later, I was a hospice volunteer, actually. And in hospice, um, they had a volunteer appreciation day. And in volunteer, volunteer appreciation day, they had, you know, different booths. And they had a woman sharing Qigong. And my husband came with me and I said, well, can't really explain Qigong. It feels good. So let's go do it. And we were on uh, a cliff. I'm here in San Diego. We were overlooking uh, 
central San Diego, there's a beautiful breeze, the sun was out. And this woman was just tell, instructing us, you know, to raise our arms. And it was a defining moment in my life where something within me like aligned in a way I'd never experienced. Mm -hmm. And within the center of my being, I, I felt this calmness, this vastness that I'd never even knew was there. And I could still see outwardly, I could see inwardly, but completely different, completely different. And from that moment, I knew that this was absolutely the rest of my life. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I get, I get the chills all over my body. Um, I think partly because now I'm recognizing how much we have in common. I was also a massage therapist. And um, unfortunately, I didn't get Qigong training and I did wear it on my body from poor mechanics. So I gave mm -hmm. that up. Mm -hmm. um, but I was introduced to Qigong many, many years ago, but I wasn't mature enough for it. I wasn't ready. It was too slow. Um, I couldn't value it at the time. And um, I was also a hospice volunteer for 10 years. <laughs> Look at that. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, you know, very well that, um, it's such a beautiful, yeah, this is actually coming full circle for me, full circle for me. And in that service is such a profound, um, understanding of life. Yeah. Understanding of life and, you know, being a hospice volunteer really led me to my, you know, introduction where I was mature enough, where I was ready to be able to receive the treasure that is this living art. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, it comes an appreciation for death, right. And to really hold both life and death simultaneously. Um, and that brings me to this um, topic. You had sent me a few ideas of things that we could talk about. And this idea of levels of consciousness as understood through Qigong was something that really pinged for me. I would love to explore that with you. Mm -hmm. You want to lead yeah. us on the journey? Yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> and of course it was so beautiful. You know, I said, again, just my, um, my brain dump, you know, throwing the spaghetti on the wall, like, okay, let's just, you know, <laughs> ideas. And then I, I sent that and I was like, whoa, this is actually a pretty big topic. It is a pretty big topic. And there's so many different ways to look at it. So many different ways to look at it. So just the way I share now, you know, is really like a sliver. It's giving a, um, an understanding of really Chinese medicine. This is, a, you know, Qigong is a branch of Chinese medicine, but the root of Chinese medicine is qi, mm -hmm. is life force energy. And so understanding the levels of consciousness, we can talk about um, the levels of consciousness in a way that we understand what this reality really is according to Chinese medicine. And looking at this reality that we are in there's the physical there's energy which can be seen and unseen and there's what we call information and so understanding that when i point to my head you know we have the brain the brain is what receives the information of the body through the nerves so there's you know we can go totally into the physical aspect of that but the brain is not what we're talking about when it comes to consciousness. And I feel many people feel 
yeah, of course, everything is connected. This is the beauty, again, of a practice like this. It never takes anything else for granted. Everything is connected, but you want to be able to also consciously separate what consciousness and brain activity are. Mm. And consciousness, according to our practice, Shunen Qigong, there's several levels of us to be able to comprehend. And it starts in a way looking at our physical body. In this 3D realm, we have a physical body. This is how we're here. This is our vessel. There is a consciousness that this body also has, which is in a way, I don't want to say separate again, as I shared, it's all together, but let for a moment to be able to piece it, you know, how we are understanding consciousness, we're just going to create a little bit of wiggle room and let understand that there is a consciousness of this body. And I don't want to say separate from the consciousness of our true self-awareness, which I'll talk about in a minute, but this, these cells, this body has a consciousness. And this is one of the reasons that we also practice Qigong with movement. Uh, the physical body has what we call Jing, life force energy. And there's a finite amount of this stored in the kidneys. Now that energy is what also propels our movement. So when we look at this physical body and understand that there's, again, we can go uh, a little more esoteric and he's like, you shared, we will we'll, we'll keep the Confucius more middle path, <laughs> but there's also part of our body, you know, the lineage, our history, our generations, our body has an intelligence. I'll call conscious also intelligence. Mm -hmm. So this physical body has an intelligence which is propelled by chi. This physical body is chi, yet our mind, our true self-awareness, our consciousness that is connected not only to this physical body, but at deeper levels, consciously understanding the oneness that we are a part of. Mm -hmm. So this physical body has what you can see, we can say a natural consciousness. We are uh, in essence animals. There's a certain life force that our body has certain functions. Um, we have certain instincts. Yet, as we continue to practice and cultivate, we're also cultivating the power of our consciousness. And our consciousness has many abilities. The ability to manifest, the, the ability to reflect also the physical body. So we look at the physical body. We look at the consciousness of true self-awareness, which is you know, we can't palpate. It's not a physical thing. And this is, I think, a paradigm for many of us as we're going into these arts. We're very physically based. And if we don't see it, then we're not quite sure what it is. But many of us, when we come out practice like this and we start to sense, we can't name what it is, but that's the chi that's starting to mm -hmm. continue to build within your being. And that chi can be either guided by your mind or guided with your body. And so as practitioners, you want it to be mostly guided by your mind because with your consciousness, when you guide your chi with your consciousness, you can exponentially, instead of living the natural intention, live the conscious intention. Mm. So yeah, there's, <laughs> there's quite a bit to it, quite a bit to it, I would say, but in a very quick nutshell, um, consciousness can be viewed as that, you know, there's part of the body, there's this brain activity, but there's also something more, something more. And that is what we cultivate.
in our practice. Mm, thank you. Yeah, it's it's a deep dive, and uh, I appreciate it. It's it's fun to kind of pull the threads and the talking about the brain and differentiating that from consciousness is to also think. You know, the word mind comes in. Sometimes the word mind is closer to consciousness. It's somewhere between the brain and consciousness, right? The yeah. word mind, but the mind isn't the brain, right? Just like consciousness isn't. Um, I love this idea that um, consciousness is all there is, right? And it's just, it's revealing, hiding and revealing itself through form. Yeah. And I've heard that actually the chi is like um, another organ. It's an organ through which it's, it's not a physical organ, but it's a kind of a sensory organ through which we experience consciousness, having an experience of itself in physicality, an, a self-reflecting experience when we're present and aware and tuned in and we're guiding and directing. And that's a quantum sort of um, concept that when we're placing our attention on something, what we place our attention on is altered by our attention. And this is uh, the dance that we do with consciousness. And she is kind of the, I don't know, this is just play, playing around here. Um, she is sort of that interaction and the way that uh, consciousness blends with the, like the formless and the form come together. And there's chi, there's life force, there's animation. Um, maybe, maybe you want to say more about that or whatever that is. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. My dear. Yeah. No, we're getting going here. <laughs> you know, it's just like really um, exactly um, what you're sharing with, you know, the unseen. And this is, again, the paradigm shift. We, most of us think of, you know, this as being the it, but what created, what, what brought this to being, it's, we want to look at the body in a way like a vibration. Mm -hmm. So it vibrates to the level where it becomes perceived to be solid, yet it's the chi that's the vibration, mm -hmm. but also the consciousness, the consciousness we posit is what manifested the physical. Right. And so when we look at it that way, even in this present moment, the chi, you can even look at chi as you like your emotions. The chi is like a driving mechanism. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, we have uh, what we call Shen. This is our, um, again, true self-awareness. Some people can call it spirit. You know, words only point to, you know, beyond ultimately, but it's this true self-awareness, this all-knowing, all-being, the oneness. And that again is our information. And the physical body is also like you shared animated. Imagine if we had no emotions. Mm -hmm. So we think of like energy and motion. That's chi. Chi mm -hmm. in full transformation. Transformation in, from information to energy to physicality. And so, um, you know, the way we share it, we talk about um, the consciousness like heaven. We think of heaven, the, the, this oneness. We think of this physical body as also part of earth. I mean, all the minerals that created this body is earth. And then that humanness, that humanness mm -hmm. is that emotion, is that ability to be the bridge between the unseen and the seen, the animation, our awareness to be able to merge 
as we know in Chinese medicine, or if this is a new term, the heart and the mind are really not uh, physically, they're two separate things, but it's really the heart mind. Mm -hmm. It's always the heart mind. Mm -hmm. Yet, um, being able to, like you shared, and I love that, the dance, the dance, because we say where the mind goes, chi follows. And it's not only where the mind goes, but how the mind goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's also the training to see our own thoughts. Why? Because the thoughts ultimately become things. Ultimately become things. So. Yeah. Thank you. It's like the thoughts give structure to the transmission, to the flow of the energy. Your thoughts are like the, the, the banks of the river giving, mm-hmm. giving direction to the yeah, we like to call it also the blueprint instructions. Oh, love it. Mm-hmm. So before anything is created, there's a blueprint. Right. And so we are consciously creating our own blueprint. And that's where we focus very heavily on intention. You know, what is the purpose? We And ultimately, one of my great teachers said, what's the purpose of practicing Qigong? To enjoy your life. <laughs> to enjoy your life. Awesome. Yet many of us are going on that stream, but we are like a leaf and any, any blockage, anything can lead us into a different direction. But Qigong, in my opinion, is an empowerment practice to allow your mind to grow clear in what you truly want and have that uh, ultimately the discipline through practice. And some of us can hear the word discipline. It's like, ooh. discipline to me is freedom because you're, you're taking that power for yourself and you're, you're guiding your own journey consciously. Yeah. Yeah. And then in our world, you know, today, if we're not choosing and guiding our own journey, someone's going to do it for us. So (laughs) that mean, there's a lot of influence in that direction. So I feel it's really, I'm seeing this really important connection with the rise of, um, multiple stressors in our world and the rise of popularity of, and access to Qigong kind of co-emerging and the, um, yeah, like a, a problem emerging and a solution at the same time in this marriage of, yeah, finding each other. Um, there was a couple other threads that were being offered as you were speaking, and I'm going to go back and track. The one was when you first started speaking about the physical body is um, just a manifestation of a slowed down energy mm-hmm. of what's existing on these other planes of our existence at a um, more, uh, we could call it faster oscillation where it's intangible and it's not physical. And so we often, because we've been conditioned through our physical senses, we want to address a physical problem from the level of physicality when actually the pattern for that imbalance is somewhere in the energetic planes, right? And by applying techniques like Qigong and um, the breath work um, and other methods of energy work, of course, um, we get to the root of that. And so that's, I think, a lot of the difference in the Chinese medicine and uh, Western medicine is that we're addressing the issue in on an energetic plane versus the symptom on a physical plane. Yeah. And Qigong seems to be like 
you know, right where we want to be in terms of uh, refining our, uh, um, what do we want to call it, this very uh, subtle awareness. And so we can track something in the field or the energy body that's out of balance and go do the necessary exercises to clear that before it becomes a physical um, manifested pattern that's harder to, to deal with at that level. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, when we look at the body, the way we look at it too, is that because this physical body has manifested and vibrated and oscillated to this level up until this very second in our life, this body is a representation of the past. Mm -hmm. And when we can clear our mind and awaken to our intention, that's pointing to the future. And again, back to our heart center to already be in a place of peace, joy, acceptance, of openness of this present moment through that journey, we get to transform the past. Mm -hmm. But many of us, and I don't in this moment, well, I am not um, discounting pain and suffering of a physical body. It's real. Yet, if we still keep crystallizing that with our mind and saying, I am this, this is this, this is this. And we don't ever open our mind just enough to understand that we have the infinite possibilities truly available to us. And our mind continues to think the same thoughts. We will continue to crystallize what is. And then there's, then that's, that's where we suffer because the change isn't occurring. And then we're wondering, why is it? Why is it? And we look at the mind, mm -hmm. our consciousness, what, what vibration are we resonating? What vibration are we, you know, sending out with these thoughts or even to our own selves, even to our own selves? Do we really truly believe in the core of our being in this oneness yeah. that all resources truly are available to us, that there is immense abundance that this physical body is actually part of the solution and not the problem. Mm -hmm. This body is always looking to be in harmony, always looking to be in balance. And so then when something happens, the thinking mind is like, well, why did this happen? And you go, you know, but then you're looking back into the past. It's like, okay, accept what is now. What can we do to support ourselves? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is the practice. Thank you. Yeah, I love that. Um, it makes me think of um, like money, you know, in our reality is a symbol of energy. And what we spend our money on, we are supporting. And so what we give our thoughts to, we are reinforcing, we are supporting, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, it, and these words, you know, that come with this money is often called currency. Mm -hmm. And she has a currency, right? It's a flow of energy. It's a current. And what's current, like what's in the present moment, as you say, is what we're investing in. Yeah. Right. And, and the return on that investment is um, what our future will reflect. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Really taking that. So uh, putting it in the way where, we are, we're pointing to the, to the future 
because we can acknowledge that the intention hasn't fully realized itself yet. Like in this present moment, let's say I'm going through an, an ailment. Have I given myself the opportunity to think about what my life would look like when I no longer had this issue? Yeah. And, and that's very hard because the, the, the physicality, like it weighs a lot, you know, it weighs and, and our intention might feel like, well, it's just the thought, look at my reality right now. But again, that's yet another thought, <laughs> like that's not real. And this is real. Well, why not allow yourself to bring the energy from the future, which is the complete result of your intention and already live as if, because your body doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's not. And the consciousness continues to send the information to the entire body. And so if we keep saying, I am this, so yes, looking at it as currency, like, and I think currents, when you say that, you like literally currents, vibrations. Mm -hmm. And so if we were to take a moment and, and really look, observe and witness our thoughts and be brave enough to look inward, I think that's part of it too, to be brave enough to say, let me know myself. You know, we can put so much energy and attention to so many things external, there's a complete universe inside, mm -hmm. complete universe inside mm -hmm. so many layers. So, I mean, even we talked about the layers of consciousness, there's training where we can start to literally see inside, <laughs> not imagine it, like see your organs, right? See them, know them, know, know exactly what's happening in your body. Yet a lot of us, you know, we live from here up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a journey. It's a journey. Sometimes an illness, sometimes a challenge is what brings us to these practices. Right, right. That's the yin and the yang. Always, there's always a balance. Something is, your body is asking something of you. Your emotions are asking something of you. They say, pay attention. Where the mind goes, she will follow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you speak about the future, I, as a sensitive, we're both sensitives. Um, I think of the future as the present, but in a subtler form, right? So we have the physical body, which is dense at maybe the nucleus of this concentric circle, right? Around us of our field and on the outer edges is a, another reality that's super refined and barely perceptible and not perceptible by the physical senses. But I believe that that is what we call the future. What's there, it will eventually become what's manifest as physical. So when we're talking about our future, we're really talking about what's here now, but in a subtle form. And how do we line ourselves up with that? We could say future, but it's not a linear timeline it's an energetic link and bridges, mm -hmm. you know, we want to open up all those um, pathways um, or currents between these different layers of our energetic matrix or blueprint and let that refined frequency flow into. And, you know, as we do the movements, we are reaching outward and pulling inward towards the central channel to get a flow and a circulation of, those um, photons, if you will, energy, you know, chi that 
it's all information. It's packets of information that we're digesting on a different level. Um, yeah, if you want to add anything to that, I'd love to hear your perspective. Yeah, great. Um, great pickup on that. Yeah, you know, definitely. Chi doesn't know linear. <laughs> it's all here. Absolutely. It's all here just hasn't fully revealed itself. But again, with our consciousness in the realm of infinite possibilities, if we keep focused in one direction, that is what coheres and condenses from the information, which is, which is crystallizing this chi, which crystallizes in the physical body. Now, um, as I'm saying that, I also really want to impart upon those that may be listening that if we can do that, we can also do it in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we want to really know that once something's happened, it doesn't mean we can unravel it back to the information. So we, we think of material and, you know, I work quite a bit with people dealing uh, with cancer, you know, different physical, physical blockages in their body. And so they think like I created this. And again, I say, well, that thought will not serve you right now. Let's support dissolving. You have, if you, if you really feel that you cause this, you can also unravel it. Mm -hmm. That's the power. That's the power that we have. And so when we talk about, yes, the future, the future is already here. Yes, it's hidden. And, you know, to briefly share this in our training, we talk about, you know, the different fields of the body and you can look at it as a consciousness in a way, but, you know, the field that is our electromagnetic field of our body. And in our training, this is really, I don't want to call it where the magic happens, but there's external life force energy. There's your internal energy. There's a merging of it as you're practicing. And here is where the blueprint instructions continue to work and gather what is needed to cohere and condense into the physical body. So if you want to think about your, we call the body chi field, your body chi field is actually reflecting your physical body. I don't want to call your body a holographic image, but if you want to think of it that way, that it can change as you're drawing the external chi in, as you're um, releasing the chi no longer useful for you, that's also a benefit to the oneness. Mm -hmm. There is no, there's no, I'll say at least the uh, way we focus on um, chi energy, there's no negative energy. Energy is just energy. It's what our perception of it is. So something that may not be useful for your physical body is of utmost use to nature. <laughs> yeah. Like carbon dioxide. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So some people feel like, awesome. Oh, I can't release it out. It's all oneness. It might not serve you and your body anymore, but it'll be of service to something else because that's how oneness works. Yes. The circularity. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Well said. That's beautiful. And it reminds me of how we can practice Qigong alone and, and in nature, and that's beneficial and we can do it in groups. And the value of practicing in a group reminds me of what you're speaking about in that I do something called silk circle Qigong, where our community, everyone will come and bring lemons or avocados or whatever they have. Yeah. Um, 
you know, fortunately we, we live up the coast from you in California. So we have this great climate. Um, and I see that as a, a physical representation of the diversity of um, energy. People come with an abundance of energy that's unique to them. That is an excess for their body. They have more than they need of something and they can bring that because they have way more avocados on the tree than they'll ever eat. And they can bring it and other people who don't have those will be glad to make use of them. And it's the same with our body and the energy. If we come and practice in a circle, it's like this cornucopia of diverse energy that we might not have a particular quality of energy available to us easily on our own, but in this group field, our body's like, yum, I'm going to take that in and I can make use of that. So I really, um, I want to invite people that might be listening that don't have a, um, a group to, that nowadays you can find people online to practice with and that is beneficial. And if you have local teachers to, to find your people and just experience that energy of the power of a group to come into coherence and stabilize the nervous system from the stressors and put us into more of a relaxed state so that our creative capacity is available to us and we get to really be in touch with something that's wanting to be given through us that we may not be able to do as easily on our own. And I really feel like we never bring our creativity to the world alone. And I find that Qigong practice with a group is one of the best ways to tap into that and um, circulate it and get, get a little bit more stabilized in our core in terms of identifying with our unique creative ability. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, within the creativity, there's so many abilities. And a lot of us live in that um, vibration of stress. And, you know, this is the society that we're in, the times that we're in. Yet, if we keep living here and we don't consciously raise our vibration, we'll never know what our, what our possibility, what human potential, not only for us as individuals, but human consciousness, because we are oneness. And so when we come together, you know, one heart, one mind, and we support each other in that way. And this is beyond uh, the words and everything that happens in the field, really, it's, it's the field. The field, when we come as, as uh, practitioners and with that humble heart, with um, the exploration of the energy of a child, like, let's just move for the joy of moving. And if we, if, if we can't physically move, we can do it with our mind mm. and be a part of that. And that, I mean, it's a, it's a very beautiful gift. And this is one of the many reasons I'm so appreciative to this modern way of practicing Qigong. Traditionally, the saying goes, do not teach Qigong to more than six ears. Mm. And so traditionally, it would be one master and you know three students that would come in, live at their house and train 
you know, every day when the master saw that someone was ready, then a little bit more knowledge, then keep going. Times have changed. And I'm very grateful to all the teachers that realize that this is a gift for all. This is a gift for all. And mm -hmm. so now uh, Qigong can be taught to many ears, many hearts. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I recognize that when I was first introduced. I wasn't ready for it. And then I, um, my field is in genetics and um, reading and studying and understanding the research on Qigong and the benefits to our longevity. Mm -hmm. And in particular, the telomeres, mm -hmm. I recognized the value of the practice, started to integrate it with my yoga, and then realized just the the potential of it and the gentleness of it. And I felt a responsibility to share that. And so I became a teacher. Um, so the, the timing again of um, this being scientifically researched, I mean, there's a lot of money being invested in researching this um, to show the scientific data on it. Yeah. yeah. Which, um, you know, the ancient you know, in the lineages, the first teachers, they didn't need the data. They didn't need the science. They got the direct experience was enough for them. Right. Absolutely. But now we've been conditioned to need proof. Right. And mm -hmm. to me, proof is in the practice, but yet, you know, now that we have it on paper, there's more interest. And so I find that very um, promising. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we look at life and it's always evolving and growing and so this is where these practices you know they're starting to come together you know science is um acknowledging why is science acknowledging because uh part of it is that they're being able to measure measure more <laughs> measure you know the new technology technology with science is growing which is able to observe what is actually happening as one is practicing. And so here I'll say it's important to, in my opinion, to realize that just because it can't be measured doesn't mean it isn't real. Right. And, um, you know, those that say, well, science doesn't, science says this isn't real. It's like, well, does this, can science, does science have the appropriate tools yet to be able to fully measure yeah and so you know i'm i i will first say i'm never here to point fingers everything is chi and i tell every person that the entire universe is for you mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. eastern western medicine science religion whatever this is your playground <laughs> whatever you resonate with whatever makes your your heart sing whatever allows you to fully enjoy your life, whatever practice that is, do that, do that. And so, but just acknowledging that just because a square, just because a circle doesn't fit into a square, doesn't mean the circle isn't valid. <laughs> doesn't mean the square isn't valid. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It brings me to the acknowledgement of the body as the most sophisticated instrument for measuring anything on the planet. Yeah. Just we have forgotten how. 
you know, um, or we've been conditioned to look elsewhere. We've been conditioned to look at external instrumentation, you know, like even our cell phones and all the capacities that they have, um, nothing can be created that's external that doesn't exist inside, right? It has to come through this portal. Um, so we're seeing like just the ability to know who's calling before we answer, you know, our phone rings, their name pops up. We have that ability intuitively and telepathically. We yes. don't actually need the phone for that, but we've been, we've conditioned ourselves to need the ex what, what appears to be external. It's not external. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh we also share as an example, uh, little babies, you know, when they, when they first go and they grab a cup of water, you know, a, a cup, you know, they close their hand before touching the physical and well-meaning parents are like, no, touch this. They're touching the field. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're, so, you know, the, they're already masters. <laughs> they, they already, they, this is how we're all born. We're all connected. We're all have these abilities. We just can't speak. <laughs> as little babies yet so but again those society continues to mold us and so part of this process for many of us is uh to remember who we truly are mm -hmm. and that's a very intimate journey very intimate journey and one in my opinion you know worth taking in this life because again as hospice volunteers we've experienced when someone isn't ready or someone realizes I didn't live the life that I really wanted to mm. and there's regret and life is too short for that life is too short for that so why not find a practice that reminds you of your capability and to rewrite your own script if you want to what does it mean to be a human being? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? And fully honoring, and this is part of the process when someone starts to awaken and they look back at their life and they're like, I wish I did this. I wish I did that. But you weren't the same person then. You were doing what you could then. Yeah. And let yourself awaken, even if it's in the, your last breath that you fully awaken to this life. That is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. let's, let's like wake up sooner though yeah. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> you know the infinite possibilities that is one of the things that intrigues me about this tradition and practices is that it's not just about living well it's about dying well and one of the things that I've been doing with the group is really looking at how do we use qigong and our minds in a way to create a vehicle, right? An energetic vehicle so that when our physical body perishes, we still have a vehicle for moving our consciousness, right? Like it's not, it's, it's not as scary when you've been working energetically and you're familiar with that domain when the physical body um, let's go, or you let go of the physical body, you're still, you have a familiar domain. And, um, you know, this is some of the more esoteric teachings of Qigong. Um, but yet I feel like that is something that we want, just like you said, you don't want to get to the end and be afraid. You don't want to, you know, be hanging on because you have regrets or things undone. 
And um, part of that is living in the present moment. And yeah, I want to ask if there's anything in the tradition that you study related to that um, light body consciousness of working a specific um, energetic practice that supports that transition between life and death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so earlier I was saying, you know, full circle. Uh, so I do work currently with those in the dying process and with Qigong and supporting the field, you know, to purify their bodies up until the point of when they transition to be of the highest vibration. And that could even be beyond someone might not even be uh, verbally coherent. You know, they might not, but you know, the family's like support, <laughs> do the best you can to support, you know, and I do, do the best I can to support with what I know. And so really we call it organizing the chi field. Mm-hmm. So uh, energetically sending the information to adjust their body, to adjust their mind, to allow their body to the best of the ability, just to really to open mm-hmm. when we open that information goes through all layers of the body, all layers of the body. Yeah. And there's no, the thinking, the thinking is, you know, that you're just oneness. You're really oneness. And, um, and to allow people to feel that love ultimately. Mm. She is definitely love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. when you say open i think of the word mobilize right like you mobilize consciousness when you're open and consciousness is seeking a form that allows its fullest expression right and so when we're practicing qigong we're also you know minimizing the stagnation or the the sluggishness of any stickiness in the field the mental emotional or physical layers of our existence so that she can flow more easily and fluidly. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, mobilization of chi is going to reflect in how mobile are we physically and how mobile are we are and how flexible we are on the physical level will determine our longevity and um, our capacity for bringing our creativity forward. So I see that the connection to that, the more, fluid our chi is moving um the more we move easily on the on the plane on the physical plane absolutely and how flexible our mind is Mm. also important yeah Mm -hmm. and so also moving physically supports the energy it works both ways as we physically move and stretch and um, breathe and yeah find diversity in our movements not not just always doing the same thing over and over, but the diversity is really important. Mm-hmm. And, and the mindfulness behind it, you know, yeah. many of us, we move in our society. I, I always give the example, um, how many of us come home after a long day, put your keys on the counter, you walk away and then you hear that the clunk of the keys <laughs> fell on the ground because you, you went, you did an action, but you were somewhere else already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're already somewhere else yeah. so so being present with the movement and and exactly what you're sharing you know how many of us 
do this, do this, do this, you know? And that's okay. It's okay. But our body wasn't made to just live that way. It wasn't. That's how we create our habitual patterns. And so practices like Qigong, we have so many different movements that let us celebrate movement itself. There's no other purpose for the movement, just, just to be. There's no, I'm going from point A to point B thinking about point C. It's right. Like, this is it. This is yeah. this is it. Yeah. Nothing. And going going nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yet everywhere. Because <laughs> <laughs> you are, yeah. Well, we have about 10 minutes. I wonder if there's something brewing inside of your awareness that's just percolating and wanting to be brought forward that we haven't already tapped. Hmm. So many things still, you know, as you shared, I, I look forward already to connecting again um, because this living art, it continues to support our evolution as an individual, support our evolution as a collective consciousness mm-hmm. and more and more as we refine, we start to live in this world differently and when we start to live to see to perceive our life for what it is which is such a great sacred gift Mm. i mean wow to be alive in this time of great transformation and it's always i know throughout the millennia so much that's the constant is change yet we are here now. And I believe there's a part of us that said, yes, I want to be here. And to refine our consciousness, to not be distracted by these things that we feel are so important, yet in the big picture, that's just a fleeting, something fleeting. So if our mind keeps chasing something and we habitually look outward, point fingers, yet aren't willing to do the gong, the work. Mm. It's, it's like having such a beautiful gift and never unwrapping it and just letting it sit in a corner, letting mm. it collect that dust. Mm-hmm. And I feel that a practice like Qigong is your unwrapping and it's the greatest gift to yourself. So yeah. remember, like I am alive and my life is finite. My life is finite. And not to think of that out of fear, but the more we can understand death, the more we can accept death. I believe that is a catalyst for us to live life more fully. Mm. Well said. I love, I love that you continue to point at that inner treasure and um, my husband was telling me he read something about there's this new thing called death cafes. Have you heard of this? Yes, very oh. briefly, but oh. I'm not you know, too familiar with it. But me either. I just found out yesterday and I just thought, oh, that's a concept that I hadn't heard of before. And so is it just cafes where people come and they can they talk about death? Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't. Yeah. There's no necessarily prerequisite. It's not like a you know, a place where someone has already passed or, you know, there's different groups, support groups. It's more like a, not a support in a way it's a support group, but it's like just coming together and 
speaking openly about it. And I believe that that definitely can dissolve the, um, the stigma around it. And I believe that death is the root of all fear. Mm. If we, if we don't fear death anymore, what is there to fear? Mm. And so everything's just, a, they're just small deaths, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, precisely. But when we're speaking about death, most of us, our attention goes to that final moment where we let go of the physical body and we no longer exist as this separate individual. But there's deaths of these mini initiations along the way of, you know, the death of a career or a marriage or a, whatever it is that is you know, there's a grief process, there's a mourning, there's a, you know, a healing that comes from that. And there, I find that with creativity, the way it pulses through me, it's like when it bumps up against limitation, it puts pressure on those edges, right? And anything that's not willing to stretch to allow the bandwidth of creativity to have its freedom, it's going to be challenged and it's going to be like the vessel will be cracked in a way so that um, a new vessel will be formed that has a greater capacity. Um, and so I'm, I'm been attuned to that in my own life and I can recognize it. And, um, and in that recognition, I don't take it personally. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I yeah. see the bigger picture that it's, it's not being done to me, but through me, there is something that is wanting to be given to humanity. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to humanity. And if I'm going to limit that, that's a selfish act and I'm going to suffer. And so um, I don't want to suffer and I don't want to uh, withhold anything that belongs to um, the greater good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So as you're, you know, I love the way, you know, we're connecting because as you're sharing, you know, I also, I'm, 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 I can see things I can, you know, feel them you know, as, as, you know, we talked about the small deaths, but simultaneously, that's also a new birth. Yes. Also a new beginning. And, you know, something that sometimes we need to mourn is the death of our own thinking, our own negative Mm -hmm. patterns Mm -hmm. as well. And so a part of our personality that may have formed due to a point in time of so much stress that we defaulted to a certain survival mechanism survival way of thinking. And again, as we progress, as we let that um, not be in our field anymore, that could also cause us to grieve. Yeah. If you're grieving a part of yourself, that's, you know, that's no, no, no longer of service. And you acknowledge that and you allow yourself to mourn that a mourn, a part of you that had felt like I needed to survive. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think of it as betrayal and we think betrayal as a negative thing in our culture, but there's some really healthy aspects to betraying a pattern that no longer serves us. Mm-hmm. And in the betraying of the, the inferior forces or energies or constructs, the gift is increased chi. Yeah. That's, that's um, part of the recipe for healing actually is uh, to increase chi which is also to increase joy in your life. Mm. Let yourself cultivate joy. Let mm-hmm. yourself find that freedom of what you love to do, no matter where, what physical 
experience you're having, but invoking things that awaken you to that joy, to that life force. That yeah. life force. Mm-hmm. And identifying with that, you are joy. It's not a separate thing, but that is, that is you in another um, experience, one that really is your nature, your, your deepest nature. Consciousness is deepest nature is the joy of experiencing itself uniquely through all these points of view and interacting and being reflected and self-aware. And um, I feel like that we've done that for the last hour and I'm just really appreciative of you. And um, I want to invite others into the joy that you offer and your website at Mm presentmomentliving.org. And what else, what offers do you have coming up that people might want to engage with? Uh, Well, I have, um, let's see. In March uh, 17th through 19th, I'm having a three-day retreat with an absolutely lovely colleague of mine. Uh, Her name is uh, Danny Carraro. She's this amazing Italian being of light. (laughs) And the way her and I work together is just, this is our 16th collaboration. And so a three-day retreat, um, uh, online and you can uh, of course join live it's going to be live and we always send the recordings but really our intention is to have us fully experience the oneness mm-hmm. there's so much to be said again of being in a group and the beauty of many of us have experienced going from in person to online she knows no distance right And that is a very powerful awareness. And as we continue to come together, again, we say one heart, one mind, one intention, and it's to be able to open up to this oneness individually and as a collective, as we support each other. So uh, the information is on the website and would love to have you there as well. So. Yes. Thank you for sharing that invitation. And yes, I've experienced your collaboration with Danny and another magical being and the magic that gets created between the two of you is just otherworldly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And so professional and grounded, but yet so expansive, just yummy. This is where uh, she, I'm the yang, she's the yin, which <laughs> we just, we have this beautiful way of just coming together and um, we fully allow ourselves to be who we are. And uh, I think in that freedom that shows through, that shows through, that's our, that's our wish for everyone experiencing the retreat. Yeah. Freedom. freedom. Right. And, and love that you brought that up about um, virtual because I felt like with the, the pandemic and the forcing of us to find other ways to offer, make our offers and going virtual, it's, it was a quantum leap for us yeah. to be able to work with and find teachers all over the world that we resonate with that are on our fractal, if you will, that are specifically, you know, we could get more specific in our interest and our resonance with different people. And that's how I met you, you know, that you began offering things online and mm-hmm. just got to really experience this taste of yummy 
joy that you're offering. And uh, thank you for sharing your perspectives and your time with us today. It's lovely. And I'm sure we'll do it again. Mm, Thank you, my dear. I feel, I feel joy. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. you. All right. Thank you everyone for tuning in and um, I look forward to the next conversation. Bye for now.